Batchcombe, Wessex, 1628. Bess ran. The clear night sky and fat moon gave ample illumination for her flight. She feared the dawn, for with it would come the discovery of her absence, and the hunt would begin. The fetters still fastened around her legs rattled against her ankle bones with every stride, a single broken link on each all that remained of her chains. Metal rubbed through young skin until a thin slick of blood trailed in her wake. Her bare feet slapped through the shallow mud, retracing a route that was so familiar as to be imprinted on her mind. Clearly mapped, allowing no false turns as she fled beyond the village boundary and ran toward the woodland. Still, the short journey felt longer than it ever had, the trees seeming to recede before her, recoiling from her boiling panic, never coming nearer however hard she ran. An illusion, merely a trick of the moon shadows, I must not falter. Her breath sounded loud in her ears, loud enough to wake a light sleeper in an outlying cottage. Her heartbeat surely too thunderous to go unheard. She pressed on, at last reaching the cover of the first slender trees. The darkness in the copse was of a different nature. The early spring foliage admitted only fractured moonbeams, and roots and brambles clutched at her from both sides of the path. On she ran. She gasped as stones scraped her soles. She splashed through a brook, the chill water momentarily numbing her wounds, before gritty earth from the forest floor forced its way deeper into the lacerations, with every footfall. An owl screeched his disapproval of her presence. A badger drew his snout back into his set, waiting for the disturbance to pass. The freshness of the night air stung Bess's throat. Even as it made her cough and fight for breath, she did not slow her pace. Nor did she think to care after so many hours in the stifling confines of her prison cell. Here, at least, was air to breathe. She crested a small hill and paused, steadying herself against the trunk of a great ash. She could taste the woodland on her tongue, the moss, the silver lichen, the rising sap of the trees. Beyond that, two more things clearly described themselves, her own fear and the sea. Both saltinesses spoke of terror and of freedom, She peered forward along the path and into the heart of the forest. That way lay escape from her captors. That way he would be waiting for her. Horses ready, provisions, a plan, a destination to ride for. She pushed herself from the tree, summoning what strength she had left. But something held her back. Something inside her made her wait. Consider, it said. Consider the cost of that freedom. A distant noise caused her to start. Hounds. They would be upon her in moments. She could not hesitate. Yet still that voice would not be silenced. Consider, it warned. Mother, what should I do? By way of an answer, the night breeze carried the scent of the sea to her nostrils. From the village, the baying of the dogs grew louder and was now accompanied by shouts. A movement in the darkness ahead caught her eye. She was sure now she could make out the silhouette of a rider and horses. Those who hunted her would take her life, that she knew. But what price would she pay Gideon for her freedom? No, I shall not go to him. I will not. She turned and sped down the eastward path, away from the trees, away from the hungry hounds and away from him. In moments she had broken free of the woods and was racing across springy turf, out into the open, heading toward the one choice left to her the sea. She felt rather than heard him come after her. She dared not look back now. As she reached the cliff path, 
a watery sun raised itself above the horizon, bleeding bitter red into the sea. A flat, shadowless daylight replaced the night, leaving Bess exposed. At the cliff's edge, she stopped. Looking toward the village, she could see torches spluttering in the grayness and make out featureless shapes moving rapidly nearer. Even above the hypnotic rasping of the waves on the rocks below, she could feel hoofbeats shuddering through the earth. Though he did not call out, she could hear his voice inside her head. Bess. 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 Bess would not turn. To meet his gaze would be to lose her own will. Below her, the high tide allowed no glimpse of sand, only deep water and bone-shattering limestone and flint. The sun climbed higher, so that when she lifted her eyes heavenward, it was to see an apocalyptic sky before she stepped forward into nothing.